Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast co-hosted by family law mediator Jennifer Sanders and certified divorce coach Ashley Wood. This podcast features other divorce professionals, Q&A, tips, and updated info on all things separation, divorce, conflict resolution, and co-parenting. Whether you're newly separated or divorced, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. I'm Jennifer Sanders. I'm an accredited family mediator. And I'm Ashley Wood. I'm a certified divorce coach. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Hello. How are things? So I actually have some news. This is news you're going to hear for the first time. Um, my kiddo just became a big sister this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not, not yeah, I know. So no, wait, sorry, not my, not my kid. I thought no, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> As I thought you told, I thought I told you that they were expecting. <laughs> I thought I told you that they were expecting. I thought you told me. No, not me. No, no, not me. <laughs> No, I'm no, like hugging you. I know. Well, I knew with the hug, Yay! I was like, oh. So no, no, yeah. <laughs> so my co-parent and his new partner, okay. yes, they had their baby this week. Not as exciting. Not as exciting. <laughs> yeah, let's get real. Not as exciting for sure, or for the listeners. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, she became a big sister, and this has been something that I've had. I'm gonna be really honest mixed feelings about only because i was worried about how our kid was going to feel yes of course much in the same way as i would if i was pregnant and was you know myself expecting another child and she was going to become a sibling but i feel like it's even more anxiety provoking because i have no control over what is going on at their house and it's not that i would expect them to be making bad parenting choices which is something that we're going to talk about in our episode today but just that i'm not around to see like what's going on or really i just can't do things my way and i am very type a so um but what we did do over the last probably two months or so as we read a lot of books while she was with us about being an older sibling and what to expect with babies, how an, you know a toddler can help with a baby and that kind of thing. And I will say, even though she's only three years old, she knows what she can do oh, and what that's... she should be doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I can help get a diaper. I can help bring the bottle over, support yeah. the neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not harm the baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyways, this is a big change, big in, change. in our lives. Yeah. And still very exciting for them and exciting for Paige. Um, and also now I'm happy that she's going to have a sibling and it takes the pressure off of us. So <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's my news. <laughs> Much less exciting, although I'm sure I'm happy for them. Yes, but... yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So today, yeah, very much ties into this episode. We're talking with Kimball Lewis, uh, who is CEO of the company Empowering Parents, and mm-hmm. he talks to us today about his strategies and advice in um, helping coach parents through through parenting and behavioral issues with their kids. Yeah. And I think we should just kind of say as a disclaimer that parenting is a hot topic. Yeah, it really is. Course. And there's so many different approaches. I, I know we both believe that 
what may work for one family might not work for another. So although yeah. a lot of the behavioral issues that we talk about are, you know, kind of general and things that all people experience, what we talk about these techniques, they may not work for everybody and that's okay. But our yeah. goal for the show is to have a variety of experts, parenting experts and different approaches, um, you know, discuss discuss all that on the show to give you opportunities to try different things and see what works best for you. Yeah, there's no, that's, it would be easy if there was one thing that you could do that works, right? Yeah. So yeah, different, but I do like the points we talk a lot about from the perspective of when you're single parenting and you don't yeah. have that support, which uh, is uniquely tough. So yeah, it really is. Yeah. And we do, you know, say, obviously, the goal is for co parents to get on the same page, yeah. uh, when it comes to managing these behavioral problems. But the reality is usually quite the opposite that mm -hmm. um, there's a major difference in what's going on at one house versus the other. And so we do dig pretty deep into what what can you do and what should you do and how do you support your child if that's the case so yeah lots of great info here yep enjoy welcome to the show kimball we're so excited to have you here with us this evening i know we've got a lot to cover um but could we just start with a little bit about you who you are and how you help parents manage behavior related challenges Okay, so I'm Kimball Lewis. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. I, I'm delighted. This is fun. I always like doing these. Great. Uh, so my name is Kimball Lewis. I am the CEO of EmpoweringParents.com, and I've been in this role for about six years now. Uh, prior to that, I worked in technology and healthcare and analytics. But before that, I was a researcher and worked on a lot of child behavior, not child behavior, but child welfare and public policy research stuff. So I had this, I spent the first six or seven years of my career working at think tanks in Washington, DC on, on child um, welfare policy issues and stuff. Ended up getting into a technology area, working in healthcare. And then full circle, I had this opportunity about six years ago to, to come into Empowering Parents. And Empowering Parents is a website, empoweringparents.com. And we have hundreds of free articles uh, but the basis for all of we do, of all of that we do is a program called the Total Transformation Program, which was which is a child behavior program for parents. So parents are the, the consumers of the program, uh, dealing with kids who have pretty severe behavior problems like backtalk, um, uh, defiance, motivation problems. Um, when I say severe, they're not like clinical. Like it's normal parents with normal kids that have these. That, that use our services, but it's, it's severe to the extent that the parents are at their wits end. They're not sure what to do. Okay. And they, they come to us because they just, they've had it. They don't know what to do. Every conversation with their child is a screaming match. And our program addresses like why that happens and what you can do and, and what's, what are effective techniques and what are not effective techniques. So we, we let you know what's not effective. Don't do those. And then we, we point out, here's what is effective. And over time, if you apply these things consistently, you can make a bad situation much, much better. You can, you can, you can't always make it perfect. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can like, depending on the child, it really depends on the child. Uh, you can make it way better. And other times you can just bring it to make it a lot better than otherwise would have been. And you just get some relief on that. And with respect to divorce and things that we're going to talk about here, this is very relevant because um, these are difficult situations. So. 
Absolutely. So on that note, if uh, one of our listeners is newly separated or considering divorce, what are some behavior uh, issues or types of misbehavior that parents might expect um, their, their children to show as a result of this major life transition? And what would be some tips or perhaps even if you can describe some parts of the program that you offer mm-hmm. that would help parents to um, prevent some of these behaviors from developing in the first yeah. place? So um, divorce is traumatic. Like, so obviously they're going to be uh, and you should expect it's going to impact your child. Like, it, it, I would say it's completely normal to, de- to, to be depressed if your parents are getting divorced. Like, that would be a normal thing. And I'm not sure saying cheer up is the right thing for your kid, because you should expect it. Like, since the family's breaking up. Mom and dad ought to be depressed, too. Like, it's, 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 it's a normal, this is almost what you would call normal depression. If it gets so bad, you might want to have your child talk to someone or, or you know, seek professional help for that. But, but just expect that it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be difficult. Um, that being said, the behavior issues that we see, especially as kids approach adolescence with divorce, are actually the exact same behavior le- problems you see when kids approach adolescence. Uh, so interesting, right? So you have back talk. You have like like parents come to us all the time with kids who have back talk and they have and they're they're dealing with motivation. They're not studying. They're getting bad grades. Half of them are in divorce and half of them aren't. So you could attribute it all, you could attribute all of this to divorce, but it's also attributable to the fact that kids are learning to get, they're trying to learn their way through it in the world. And this is the first time in their lives that they actually have responsibilities like homework. They have more complex social issues they're dealing with that maybe when they weren't toddlers, they didn't have that. Now they have like social interactions. They have peer issues at school. Like life gets way more complicated. You hit adolescence and some kids don't deal with it. Well, they don't, they don't have the tools to deal with it. Well, and, the way they often deal with it is by acting out. Um, they don't want to do homework. They don't sit down and say, well, what's the, what should I do now that I don't do homework? What they do is they start yelling and screaming about it and they, or they refuse to do it. And, and they hope that they solve their homework problem by having people not expect them to do their homework anymore. Right. Yeah. And that works, that works a lot for them. They, like a lot of parents like chores. Kids don't want to do their chores. They will, they will fight and fight and fight. And after a while, the parent will eventually say, you know what, I can do... I could spend 45 minutes arguing about it or take 15 minutes and just do the dishes myself. And they end up rationally doing it for 15 minutes, but the child has learned that, that the acting out and the fighting has solved their problem for them, which is they don't have to do that thing they don't want to do anymore. So, but with divorce, it's, it's the same, it's different flavors of the same issues that you see in adolescence all the time. Gotcha. So. And so obviously the goal would be for co-parents to get on the same page in their parenting yeah. strategies. Um, but you know, that's not always the case. And I think more often than not, that's not the case. And at least from the clients with the clients that I work with, um, so often the marriage ends in divorce for reasons like differences in parenting styles that yeah. causes such a deep wedge between couples. So if things are so contentious um, between co-parents that any attempt from one parent to the other to try to even have a discussion about getting on the same page is just causing more conflict than than uh, good, 
what do parents do and and is their kid going to be okay because i hear this a lot you know like the other side is the disneyland parent so super permissive for whatever reason um or they are really um you know they're more authoritarian in their parenting style Mm -hmm. and and way more strict and then that's causing an issue so what is it okay how do parents manage that (laughs) what can they do give us some some help all right, so so this is a divorce situation. This is this is one of the most difficult situations, but you also get it when they're married as well, because parents disagree who are married about that's true about, yeah, about yeah. how to do the kids. So, but in the divorce situation, it's it's particularly hard. And so the best case scenario is the parents both love the kids and want really truly want the best for the kids, and despite the fact they might really dislike each other or, or have issues or whatever, they they can if they can get on the same page that they both have the same interest, which is that the kids develop well and, and, ha- and don't have behavior problems, that's ideal. If you can figure out that, that's ideal. Very often, that's not the case. Very often you have, and you must've seen this, one parent will, they use the kids as leverage. They use them as spite. They, they just as soon have the kid misbehave at the other person's house because it makes the parent feel horrible and they want the parent to feel horrible. Like there's a lot of spite and a lot of bad will going on. So. Uh, a couple of things that we that when we work with parents on this that we tell them is is in a divorce situation and typically these days it's joint custody yeah. of some kind. Um, you actually don't get to say what the rules are in the other parent's house. Yep. You don't, and yeah. and to let it actually is a relief to some parents when you say that to them. It's it's not your house. You don't make the rules there. Likewise, that other parent doesn't make the rule in your house. Now, this is a less than ideal situation when the parent, other parent has rules that you don't agree with, but it's actually a relief to parents just, just to let them know that you don't have a say. You, 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 can, you can bring it up and say, I don't approve, but, but, but it's, you will frustrate yourself and make a bad situation worse if you keep fighting that parent to make a rule change and they refuse to do it. So accept the fact that it's a different household. You don't, you don't make the rules in your ex-spouse's household, and they don't make the rule in your household either, and you should be comfortable with that, and you should and when the spouse brings up an issue, you could just, you can cut off the conversation very quickly and just say, look, I make the rules in my own house. I do what's comfortable for me. You make the rules in your house. And how is that how you would explain it to the child as well? So I would imagine, you know, that is stressful and hard for them to kind of adjust to very different rules and expectations of them between homes. That's, that's one of the biggest challenges when a child comes home from the other parent's house. The rules are now different right and the most important even whether it's divorce or not divorce we always recommend be very clear with what the rules are in your house and say these are the rules in this house and we actually this sounds this is going to sound hokey but it actually it actually really works is one of the things we recommend is that for the basic rules in the household it doesn't have to be like a hundred just it can be like a list of seven things about what we do and don't do in this household you actually put them on the refrigerator okay you know in this household we don't swear at each other we don't call each other names we treat each other respectfully. You know, there's, there's a list of things that are completely unacceptable and you put those on the refrigerator. And then that way, when there is a problem or, or no homework, another, another rule is like no, no electronics to your homework's done, things like that. You can actually point to the refrigerator. The reason you can't do X or the reason why you have a consequence is because you broke the rule of the household and that's the rule of the household. Right. It, it, has, a, it has a great effect, which is the fight becomes about the rules. And if the rules aren't spelled out, then it feels a personal, it feels like a personal fight between the two individuals. 
And, right. the, and mm-hmm. the easiest way to explain this is that if there were no speed limits and a police officer pulled you over for speeding, but there's no posted speed limits, you think, you think that it's up to the police officer, like whether you were speeding or not. So that becomes a personal thing. But if the, yeah. but if the police mm-hmm. officer says that is the speed limit, my job is to enforce the speed limit. Now you have this third party out there, which is the rules, the speed limit, and you can point to that. It actually, it actually cuts down a lot of the fighting. It's, it's, a, it's a subtle thing, and it seems silly at first, but, and the kids will still fight, but it's, it's very useful to have the rules very spelled out. Well, we do, I do this in mediation that that's the objective criteria. So it's, it's not exactly. the other person's fault that you have to pay this amount of child support. These mm-hmm. are the rules. Those... So this is what we have to follow. Yeah. And it actually brings down um, a lot of parents that are in these stressful situations when you explain to them the things that you don't have control over or do have control over. In the, in the case, like you can't, you know, you don't make the rules in the other parent's household. That actually calms them down a little bit. Okay, I get it. I don't, I don't make those rules. And, and same with the kids. It brings them down a little bit. This is the rule in the household. We have rules in this household. It, 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 it makes an otherwise bad situation better. Doesn't mean the kids are going to follow the rules, but at least you have the rules. And very often, it, it's right. a, it's a, you've set the standard for what's going on. You've set the expectation. I mean, it's definitely a tricky spot to be in because we're always talking a lot about too how you always want to be neutral when you're speaking about the other person's house and not negative. So it's really difficult if you're trying to say, well, these are my rules. Like, you know, maybe your dad doesn't make you do that and like not say it in a disparaging way or create conflict between them because inherently you're kind of suggesting you'd have to be pretty careful that those rules aren't as good as yours or, you know, our houses. So it's it's definitely a tough spot that people are in to try to maneuver that. Yeah, we have we have this thing that we tell parents is that explain yourself once and move on. Mm-hmm. The child may legitimately wonder why the rules are different. And you can explain yourself once and say, you know, I'm not. And, and it can be as simple as I'm not comfortable with you being out past 11 o'clock. Yep. And that's the rule in this house. And, and um, once you explain that, you don't have to continue to have that argument. We have, we have this saying that you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. Yeah. So even though your child might want to keep arguing that point, you, you can, you can actually cut off, you can actually cut off the argument at that point and not, and not let them drag you down into a fight about it because they, they use the fighting to wear you down actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, fair point. You probably don't know why the rules are different. So and you that's, know, they that's, just are. Yeah. That's the other point with, with kids, like their brains are at a point that they may not understand why it's different. Right. They, they they, you may not be able to explain it in a way that they would ever satisfy them. So they may not understand. They may understand. They may just want not want them to apply to them. But it's but it's very possible they don't understand where you are as a parent. They'll learn when they become a parent someday. But I mean that's okay. We don't necessarily expect them. We have certain rules you need to follow. So. And what would be your messaging? We've touched on it just briefly, but what kind of messaging or things could like specific things parent could parents could say? if the children are trying to play the parents kind of against each other. I um, always get to do X, Y, and Z at mom's house. So (laughs) we just were very like matter of fact. And when you're at their house, you get to do that, but that's just not the rules of this house. Okay. And, and avoid, like you don't have to engage that conversation and they're going to keep at it. But after a while you can, you almost have to ignore them at that point. Because all they want is a rule change that you don't agree with. And you don't, you don't have to keep having rehashing that. Um, or, or we'll also say is, look, that's the, they're usually arguing the point at the time that the rule is being applied. Like they're about to go out and they want to, or where they're out and they want to stay out till 11 and it's 10. And you're like, no, you're supposed to be back at 10. 
usually that's when the whole thing is is happening or they want to you want they need to do their chores they don't want to that's when the argument happens you can say these are the rules what we'll do is tomorrow at 5 30 we'll sit down for 20 minutes and we'll discuss why but right now you have to apply with the rules we i'll answer your questions but this is not the time for it let's discuss later we'll have a meeting okay. about it they often don't attend that meeting because right. that's not the point. Say, I was there. That's Where not why you? they're doing yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> but but you want to give them a chance to to express. And sometimes they're reasonable. And and we always say like the goal is independence. Like we're raising adults, not kids. So you want like you want your kid to be able to stay out longer if they can if they can prove they're responsible enough to like to get in on time and you're comfortable with it. So that's that is the goal is to let them be, get more and more independence. But they but they need to earn that independence the way you would anywhere else and, and earn the responsibility. So. Would you invite, would you recommend inviting your child in having a discussion about what the family rules should be at the beginning? Like if you're, if our goal is to treat our kids like they are adults and to give them the opportunity to step up and for these challenges or these life challenges, would that be something that you would recommend? Yeah. When the rules, when you put the rules down, you should sit down and just discuss what they are. Okay. When, when you apply that, this, the total transformation program, which is the, the program that we, we, is the foundation for what we do. Uh, a big part of it is is letting the child know what's happening, and they and they know they know pretty quickly that like things are changed because they're sort of following an approach in a program. And one of them is you sit down; these are the rules, and you, you explain it to them. And here are the consequences. So, and if they do something and you're not sure what the consequences are, it's okay to wait because you don't want to you want to have to make decisions in the heat of the moment. You should like mm. say no, you can't do that. There's going to be a consequence, but I need some time to have my you know temper come down a little bit and then we'll we'll talk about it later and and think through what's an effective consequence for this okay that's a good one because yeah. i'm always like as i'm getting mad at them my head i'm like what am i gonna what's their consequence gonna be yeah. and i'm trying to like figure it yeah out. no you can put that you can put that off unless, unless ahead of time it's something they've been doing regularly and right. and you already know what the consequence is so yeah. but you don't want to do we don't want to do these things out of like reaction but the good news is, and this is why it works so we have a coaching program also, and this is why it works so well with coaching, is the kids that are doing these behaviors and the ones, the parents that come to us, they didn't do the behavior once. They've done it like 10, 20, 30. They've done it so many times that you can plan ahead of time with, with a coach or someone what you're going to do the next time they do it. Right. And then, and then when it happens, you go into execution mode and your, your, your anxiety level goes way down because right. you know what you're going to do. It's like preparing for an interview or preparing for like, you know what you're going to say ahead of time, but the anxiety level comes down and then you, you're basically executing it. Okay. I love um, this. Like yeah. this is what Ashley does with her clients, like role play, role play, role play, role play, but I need exactly. to do this with yes. my children. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> me right. too. I'm yeah, really good at coaching it. Not good with my three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> it makes sense. But, you know, oh, yeah. I say it too, right? You get all that emotion and the energy out. It becomes yeah. mundane almost. It, it does. And you, yeah. and you really get into that. You're executing a plan mode it's not easy it's still hard you still have to like learn how to control your emotions but it's, it's way better you're way calmer going into it saying this is what my action plan is going to be and you have to self-talk too like self-talk matter i don't know if you guys know what self-talk is but it's 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 telling yourself i can do this i can do this i'm just going to follow the plan they may not get it the first time these are you know some of the self-talk is like you don't recognize your child has a problem following the rules and they have to learn different behaviors it can take some time like you should expect, right. you should expect they're going to violate the rules a few more times. And, and then you apply the consequences and over time, like they'll start getting better at it or, or they will, um, 
they'll find alternative behaviors instead of just fighting with you to, you know, like maybe they'll actually go and study rather than fighting you about whether they're having to study and, and they'll actually feel better about it. Well, that was less of a hassle than yet another fight with the parents. So that's, that's where you, that's where you want to be. But I, you know, you mentioned something about, do you have the conversation with the rules? You definitely. And if you've ever been involved with couples therapy, communication is like the number one issue between couples. Like, like that's such a big deal. It's the same with parents and kids. And so just because you're thinking something doesn't mean that your child understands what the rules are, or what your expectations are, or whatever. So you need to communicate with your child in the same way that, that. So there's communication issues between parents and kids that aren't brought up as much. But when you go to couples therapy, it's brought up all the time. Like they're almost like so many of the issues are communication issues. Um, 100%. So there are communication issues. And, and one of them is like, um, do you want me to go, do you want an example of what like? Yeah. There's one like, so there, so we talk about it like part of the program is like, how do you talk to your child? And one of them we have is called the Y track. And if your child is supposed to be doing their homework and they're, and they're doing electronics of some kind, whatever, they're on their phone, they're, they're watching YouTube or whatever. The first thing we said to them is, is why are you doing electronics? Like, you know, you're supposed to be doing your homework. Why are you doing your electronics? And then you sit there and you wait. So what you've actually done is you've, you've asked your child for an excuse and you're sitting there and waiting for a reply and the, chi and the child's like, I'm supposed to say something. So, okay, now I'm going to have to come up with an excuse. Like we don't want excuses from our kids. Just, you want to be very direct. Say, you know what you're supposed to be doing now, put your electronics down and go do your homework and leave it at that. And th those communication things, like it matters. There's a whole bunch of them like that, but it matters right. to start talking that way in a way that you like, there are rules and, and it's not a discussion. It's like, this is, you know what you're supposed to be doing, go do it. Right. And leave it at that. And it's it just things get a, things get a lot easier. So these are all just effective. There's like a dozen effective things you can do. And if you avoid the ineffective things, suddenly like you can you can turn the tide on a lot of this stuff. So. Yeah, that's really helpful. We we talk a lot about um, different communication techniques to use with your co-parent, like Bill Eddy's Biff. So you keep your yeah. communication brief, informative, friendly, and firm. And that- Hold on, I gotta, oh, wait, wait, brief, what was it? Yeah, informative, friendly, and firm. I did not make this up. This is from Bill Eddy. Yeah. Oh, I like, but, I like that. Yeah, but the, it makes, what you were just saying makes me think yeah. like you should really be speaking to your child. <laughs> in the same way right yeah, you're not getting emotionally yeah. reactive you're focusing on what you want them to do not what they've done wrong and harping on yep. that not opening up a discussion for the negative mm -hmm. and focusing forward in a firm yet friendly way yep. <laughs> firm yet like kind. a good boss yeah. would do it like you need to be busy when you're having these issues there's a time to like love and hug your child and stuff but when you're having these issues like you need to be more like the you know the good boss like the firm boss like this is this you're not meeting expectations here's what you need to do Right. right. So um, can we talk a little bit about consequences as well, Kimbo? Like this wasn't on the outline, but you touched on it yeah. a bit. And I'm curious to know, like, what is the protocol for empowering parents? Is there a certain strategy that you have in place in determining what an appropriate and effective consequence to any certain behavior might be? So so there, there is. And I want to I. Let me answer that question first. Then I want to talk specifically about a divorce situation because yeah, okay, a, yes, yeah. it, it remind me if I don't bring it up because it's important. Okay, so, okay. so our consequences for us are not punishments. It's going to feel like a punishment to the child, but that's not the point. The point is, is that the consequences, there's a, there's a, 
there's a natural consequence for the behavior that they did and they learn something from it and it's short term and it's something and, and the consequence is something achievable so so for example like if you have your, your son is hitting your daughter like they get in a fight and they, and they hit it and that she's he's not supposed to hit her then the consequence is fairly short term like you 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 separate them you take his electronics away from him for like two hours or something there's some there's some type of i'm going to tell you the consequence but slash punishment that you know he knows he did something wrong uh but during that time during those two hours he has to, he can't hit or yell or or have conflict with his sister so he needs to, he needs to be calm for two hours if if within those two hours he hits his sister again the, the clock starts again Okay. And after the two hours, they get their electronics back and they get their chance to, to start behaving well again. And if they hit their sister again, then you just take it away for the two hours and you keep working at it. And they, they learn self-control. And in the meantime, so in the meantime, you could also explain to them the next time you feel like you want to hit your sister because you're getting frustrated with her. I want you to come to me instead, like, like walk away from the situation, come to me instead and tell me what's, what the problem is. And because, because hitting your sister is wrong. Uh, so we want we want the we want the consequences to be relatively short term, um, task oriented. So they have to earn it back somehow. Uh, so if they're not doing their if they're not doing their chores or something, they have to, they, they lose electronics until the chores are done. They don't get their electronics back, um, and then they then they they but they do get them back. Um, long term consequences are, are not a good idea. If you take their phone away for a month. Mm. You're not teaching them any, like they're not earning it back in some way. And plus tomorrow you have nothing to take away. Once you've taken anything, everything away from your child, you have nothing else to take away. So you need to get it back in their hands. So they can take it away again. Right. Uh, and you don't want to, we, we have this expression, you don't want to teach your child how to do time. Uh, you don't want to give them a month long, uh, a month long grounding. And they just learn how to, they just learn how to Due time you want them <laughs> you want lifers yeah because because <laughs> you don't want your child good at jail like that's not that's yeah not a skill that's like like that's not helpful like you want you want them to be able to try to earn stuff back uh through doing tasks tasks are the best way to get it back and a task can be they have to do something but the task can also be they have to not do something right like they have to they have to be calm for like three hours and be chill about you know dealing with their siblings then they can get back or if they if they um curfew is another good one they come out they 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 come home after curfew right you want them to go out again maybe you don't let them go out this weekend but you want them going out next weekend and you ratchet the curfew back curfew back like an hour or so and say look i i need i need you to be able to go out and come back on time but you can't go out this weekend but next weekend instead of being in at 10 you need to be in at nine yeah and you need to do that for two weeks in a row and and if you can do that, I'll move it up to 10 or we'll have the discussion about 10. You want, you want them to practice the behavior you want to see and then, and then allow them um, more freedom after that once, they, once they've earned that. So there's a whole bunch of techniques around that, but it's all around like, what are they going to learn from this consequence? It's not just a punishment and how are they going to earn it back and make sure that it's short term. Mm -hmm. And the other one is don't take the prom away or cancel Christmas. <laughs> Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain things, there are certain things that are, that are um, like one time event things in childhood. It's just not a good idea to take those away as consequences. You can't get them back. You can get next weekend back and the weekend after back. You can't get the prom back. Like, and you build resentment, I would imagine, yeah. too, with your kid, right? Yeah. Yes. 
Well, I think they, they call your bluff too. Like I, we just had Halloween. I may or may not have threatened that they didn't go to Halloween and they knew I wasn't going to cancel Halloween and I knew I wasn't going to cancel Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, So on the, on the the moment I said it anyway, I never threatened taking the iPad away because I can't survive without (laughs) it. So I have to have a different consequence. (laughs) Yeah. Empty threats are on the ineffective parenting technique side. So that's why you want to like short-term reasonable things they can achieve. Uh, and then, um, and it becomes effective over time. So, and you want them to learn to, they need to practice the behavior. These, these behaviors, these kids have like, they're, they're deep set. Like it's, it takes, it takes a lot for some of the change behaviors, uh, that are, that are ingrained and they need to learn, they need to learn better, um, better ways of approaching. So most of our program, there's two pronged approach. One is effective consequences so that to make sure that their existing behaviors of acting out are not rewarded. Like they don't, hitting their sister doesn't get rewarded. Like it causes a problem for them. They have a consequence. And then at the exact, at the same time, you need to coach your child as to what they can do instead the next time so that they learn. So this behavior is not going to work. That's why you get a consequence. Here's what would work in those situations and and help your child do that. Offer them alternatives the next time it happens. Right. And And then, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I do think that that, you know, you talked about the the self-talk and the self-care piece for, I mean, our audience is single parents for the most part. And you don't have another person to kind of hand off, right? Like when there's tap two in. parents. Yeah, tap in, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. when there's I'm a single parent myself and I personally that's a big thing because yeah, it does take a lot to have that self-control. And then when there isn't someone else to say, okay, you handle it tonight it's all on you. I think sometimes there's, there's a lot there. Um, and the kids know that too. So they, yeah. <laughs> they know that they can they get know. you mm-hmm. much more easily. You know, kids have, yeah. kids have like no power in the world. They're not the boss of anyone. They're not in charge of anything. They're not in charge at school. Like they have no power in the world, but they have, they have superpower over our parents Yeah. <laughs> in a way that, and they know they, they, and they use it because it's effective for them. And it's not like in a bad way. It's just, that's, we naturally do the things that, that work for us. We have, we have, we have kids have strong power over their parents because there's like emotional involvement. There's a whole bunch of things and they figure that out pretty, you know, they figure that out when they do their first tantrum and the parent reacts in a way that's like, Oh, I, I get the candy. Okay. Yeah. Right. And they, they figure it out. So. I think sometimes parents, I do, I fall into this quite often. My daughter's only little, but I have friends with older kids and I've heard them say the same thing, which is that we sometimes take it really personally and that this plays into the self-talk as well. Like, can't you see I am doing everything for you, trying to, you know, provide you with this life and this is how I'm being treated and just taking it as a personal attack. But kids their their brains are not fully developed until what like mid mid 20s i think the critical thinking problem solving portion of the brain is i think i was 40. yeah (laughs) i know i'm like i'm just getting there i think but um so i mean it's that's why we wanted to ask in the beginning about what are appropriate expectations because we it's normal that pretty much all parents would have to have this set list and then check-ins and reminders like all the time right that's just parenting i guess i'm I'm really glad you brought that up ashley because one of our one of our uh most popular articles is entitled i hate you mom i wish you were dead (laughs) and it's and it's what to do when kids say really hurtful things to you and we remind parents that that these 
these are behavior, you need to recognize these as behavior issues. Right. And they're acting out against the person who, who is their legitimate authority and sets the rules in the house. When they leave the house, there's someone else setting the rules too. Like this whole idea that there are rules that we, that we need to learn to get around, like to get along with in a reasonable way is not just in the household. It's, it's, it's in the workplace, it's in society, it's yeah. everywhere. They need to figure this out. And we explained to parents, don't take it personally, even, even though the attack is personal. It's a, view it as a behavior problem. Yeah. Uh, one is because A, it's true. It is a behavior problem. They're acting out against the person who happens to have authority at this moment over them. And then, and two is that your child can improve. And we've seen so much improvement. Like I'm so optimistic about a lot of these things, even though it's like, we've seen cases where parents were just, they didn't, they, were, they felt hopeless and things can get a lot better. And if you take these things personally, then it's very difficult to offer your child grace mm -hmm. when they improve. You remember those things that they said a year ago, two years ago, like the horrible things that they said when they look, looked you in the eye and said, F you mom, like, I hate you. You're a B like that happens. Like, yeah, I'd say like, like more than half, probably 75% of all, it might even be higher. It might be, might be 99% of all parents have had their child look at them in the eye and swear at them. Yeah. Like in a personal way. And you have to realize it's a behavior problem because you need to be able to offer your child grace because, because you want them to improve. And when they do, you have to like, just, you have to let it go and forget it. And then you can have a, then you can have a relationship. If you, if you hold on to that stuff, it's not, it's toxic. You're right. And, oh. and toxic the other way too, that you can hold on to it and have like resentment or, or be holding on to that to your children. But I think also internalize it and then just mm -hmm. negative things, right? Then, I'm a bad mom. I, you know, I shouldn't have been alone. Yeah. I didn't like, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. which is not helpful for lots of obvious ways. Yeah. We say, don't, don't blame yourself for your child's behavior. And then with divorce in particular, this is going to yeah. get back to the consequences thing. Yeah. Don't blame your child's behavior on your divorce either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one person who's in charge of your child's behavior and that's your child. You want to hold your child accountable for their behavior. That's the only way they're going to improve. And really they are accountable for their behavior. You actually can't control what your child does. It's up to your child. Like it really is like, yeah. Like they, they have, they have 99% say in whether they follow the rules or not. You can't make them follow the rules. You can't, it's, uh, we're not going to physically restrain our kids. We can't do that. So, so they have to comply. They have to willingly comply to, with the rules. So you can't make your child do it. Don't take responsibility for their behavior, hold them accountable for their behavior. And likewise, and this is, and this is especially in the divorce situation, don't blame your ex-spouse for their behavior either. If your, right. child, if your child is having any behavior issues and you blame your ex-spouse, A, it's not effective. Like you're not going to get your spouse to change, especially if you're not even getting along. Mm -hmm. And B, it's not helpful for the child because now the child has a, has a scapegoat. They're like, oh, I have bad behavior. It's because of my, it's because of my dad, not because of me. That's, that doesn't help. You want, you want the child to know their response for the behavior no matter what regardless of the situation it's in. So hold your child accountable for your child's behavior. Your child's responsible for the behavior, not you. Right. So it's, if, if a child really, let's, let's say preteen or young adolescent really messes up in some way, because partially because of, you know, we'll say permissive parenting on the other end. And now mm -hmm. you're left to pick up the pieces and, you know, have a discussion about what's happened and try to get them back on the right path. Like what would your program suggest in a case 
like that in terms of like setting consequences and helping the child learn from this mistake, even knowing that the other parent may not make appropriate changes on their end. Um, so we're I just don't want to qualify all of this, which is that whatever those rules the parents other parent is doing, like it's legal. It's okay for them to make those yeah. rules. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Sorry. Like, yes. It's yeah. not a cust it's not a custody issue. Like because if the parents right. doing something that's that's harmful for the child, you want to like let someone know and because that becomes a custody issue so this is yeah. they're just a bad parent like you yeah. can stay out to one in the morning if you want which i think is legal for i don't know i don't know if there's rules about that maybe there is but i guess for a seven-year-old it would it would be illegal but no yeah it would yeah. yeah not yeah. not unsafe or not not there, safety for issues. instance we'll say right. homework like you know the right. other the, the, the they're not checking in on homework this other parent and the kid comes home and failed something and mm -hmm. now what so again this is a very hard situation because you can't you can't control what's going on in that other household. You can control what's going on in your household. Uh, but when it comes to things like failure, we have this, we have, and this is, this is a hard place to be. There's something called natural consequences. And we think those are a good thing and we support those things and we don't want to shield your child from them. If your child doesn't study and fails, they ought to fail. Right. And we tell parents that it's okay. What you don't want to do is go to the school and get them to pass the child or or uh we have cases where the parents do the homework for the kids they actually write reports for the kids so the kid doesn't like but if i didn't he would have failed or she would have failed we don't think that's a good idea these natural consequences they're hard but they're real life consequences that have an effect mm -hmm. on the child and at that point at that point there's not there's not always something that's good that you can do other than let the natural consequences take effect and then very often we say if the natural con natural consequence is severe enough, you don't have to add your own onto it. Just let them know this is a result of what you did or didn't do. I don't need to add anything onto that. Like if they get in, in school, if the school is punishing them for something, we often say, depending on what it is, like if they're if they're bullying and hurting someone, like that's a different issue. But but if there's some other things going on in school and they get disciplined, let this let that be between the school and your child. You can you can express that I you know I'm disappointed I don't like all that whatever but if the school gave your child a pretty good consequence leave it at that that's the consequence right. failing failing is not necessarily a bad it's a bad thing but but it's it's not the end of the world and there are times when you're that's what it's going to take your child's going to have to fail before before they realize they may have to stay back they may have to go to summer school right um, that is a hard lesson to learn but it is really important. I think you can be really supportive as a parent with that mindset, but just whew, getting it's, there is it, tough. It's, it's really hard. Very often there's nothing you can do. It's going to happen. And then, and then when you, when you work with, um, when you work with a parent coach, we have parent coaches, when you read our articles, the best thing about the article, like the articles are great, but at the end there's comments. Parents like do all sorts of things. You realize you're not alone in this situation mm. because when this is happening to you as the parent and it's the first time it's happening, you think like, oh my gosh, like this, how do I get past this? A lot of parents have been through this. It's very common. You can survive. Your child can fail math and still survive in the world. Like it's not, I mean, there, there, are, there are bad things that can happen, but, but natural consequences, if, if you let them, take their course as hard as it is they can actually make the situation better 
So again, it's finding out what's effective and what's not effective and finding out what you have control over and what you don't have control over and letting go of the things you don't have control over to give you the energy and the, and the strength to deal with the things you do have control over. Because you can, you can put all of your personal energy into things you have no control over and you have nothing yeah. left for the stuff you can actually control. And we try to explain what those things are. And at the end of the day, if you're in the middle of a messy divorce and you've got kids and, and, there's, and, and, and either they're not behaving well or having an issues because of the divorce or because they're adolescents, it's hard to tell what's causing yeah. it because we see it in both. That's hard also. So it's, this, is, this is all like difficult situations that, that doing effective things you can make better and doing ineffective things you can make worse. So we're always like focusing on, on the better. And then when you talk to other parents that have been through it, you can get through this stuff. Like a lot of people get divorced. There's a lot of people that got divorced five years ago that are like, they're okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're surviving. Uh, one thing about, I, I forgot to bring this up earlier, but this is so, all sort of related is uh, with consequences, you don't want to forego consequences for your child out of guilt. Mm-hmm. When you start believing that you're divorced, and it could be true, who knows? Who knows what's causing your child to, to behave? There's a lot of factors going on. But if, if you can be empathetic that they're going through a difficult thing, but you're not doing your child a favor if you forego legitimate consequences because you feel guilty about your divorce situation. You still right. need to parent your child, even though you're going through the divorce situation. You need to apply consequences, um, helpful, effective consequences, when they're not behaving well, because it's for their own good. Like you, you can't not be a parent because you're going through the hard time. So, so yeah. we see that a lot out of guilt. They don't, they don't want to apply any consequences. You should be empathetic and like, you know, there are extenuating circumstances, but, but you, still, you still need to do these things. Well, thank you so much, Kimball. This has been really great, even just as a parent myself. I know, I'm like, yeah, we've we've picked up some great tips even for ourselves. So thank you so much. Um, where can our listeners learn more about empowering parents and um, and check out these articles as well? So empoweringparents.com. If you Google empowering parents, you'll you'll find us. Uh, we're on Facebook, just empowering parents. And you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram as well. Uh, and then if you if you do go to our website, sign up for our newsletter. We send out a couple of articles every week. And we'll always pitch the total transformation because you can read individual articles, but nothing beats doing it's 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 roughly about a two month course or so with a couple hours of the week, just getting the whole story from beginning to end Then you have a you have an approach for tackling these things. That's it. So if you Google the total transformation program, you'll you'll find us as well. So those are the the places to find us. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much. What a great resource and uh, great conversation with you this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye.